the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. God is three persons. Each person is fully God. There is one God. Those three statements summarize what we know from the Scriptures about the Trinity. Well, that can be quite confusing, can't it, if if you're not really considering what God is saying in Scripture. There are times where we are left at Mystery's Cove, if you will, when it comes to Scripture and God, and we have to trust and rest in who He says He is. Welcome to Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely. We're continuing our series on sharing Jesus, and today, once again, we're looking at Jesus Christ, God in human form. Here's Pastor Layton with today's program. Here in this one sentence, this statement from God, he uses both the singular and the plural. Whom shall I, single, singular, send, and who will go for us? Plural. There are cases in the Old Testament where it describes God speaking with God, God speaking with Himself. For instance, in Psalm 110, David says, The Lord says to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. And then there's this interesting passage that's found in Isaiah chapter 48. It says, Come closer and listen to this. From the beginning I told you plainly what would happen. And now the sovereign Lord and His Spirit have sent me with this message. Now, you might at first glance think, well, He sent me, that is the prophet, the prophet who is speaking with this message. But the next verse goes on to clarify. This is what the Lord says, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. And then He continues with the message, I am the Lord your God who teaches you what is good for you. So the message sent from the sovereign Lord and His Spirit isn't coming through the prophet, but rather the Lord your Redeemer. The Lord who redeems is Jesus. And so this passage is saying, The sovereign Lord and His Spirit have sent the Lord your Redeemer, that is Jesus, with this message. That's an interesting clarity of Trinity in the Old Testament. I'm going to invite you to turn uh, in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 3. While you're turning there, I'll just make this statement. You know, some people have been taught to think that the Holy Spirit is some kind of non-person, sort of like the Star Wars force or something like that. You know, the Scriptures very clearly describe the Holy Spirit as being a person, having the characteristics of a person. For instance, in Isaiah 63, uh, 10, it says that God's people had rebelled and grieved His Holy Spirit. You grieve a person, the person of the Holy Spirit. Now, we're in Matthew, we're in chapter 3. When Jesus steps into human history, the New Testament begins, and the Trinitarian nature of God becomes clearly manifest. Yeah, we're in chapter 3. Jesus has been baptized, picking up at verse 16. After His baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were opened, and He saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on Him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my dearly loved Son, who brings me great joy. 
And so here, at this one moment, we have the three members of the Trinity, each performing distinct uh, activities. God the Father is speaking from heaven. God the Son is being baptized. God the Spirit is descending from heaven to rest upon and empower Jesus for His ministry. And we see all three of them appearing simultaneously in this passage. Now, there has been a form of teaching about God that actually is still taught in some, in some churches, and, and it's called modalism that God was in three persons, but they, didn't, they weren't simultaneous. In the Old Testament, God was, uh, was the Father, and then uh, during the time that Christ was on earth, God was Jesus the Son, and then after He left, then God was the Holy Spirit. So it was one God in three modes, and that's not what the Scriptures teach. One God in three persons is what the Scriptures teach. And right here we have all three persons of the Godhead at the same place, at the same time, and being manifest for us. Then if you'd like, you can also turn to Matthew chapter 28. It's at the end of Jesus' earthly ministry. He's already established who He is. He's, he's given much evidence. He's raised the dead. He's healed the sick. He's calmed the storms. He, he is who He claims to be. And He says, "'Go and make disciples of all of the nations,' we're in Matthew 28, 19, "'baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son,' And the Holy Spirit. Now you notice that Jesus does not say, in the name of the Father, and the name of the Son, and the name of the Holy Spirit. Nor does he say, in the names, plural, of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He says, in the name, singular, of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, there are numerous references through the New Testament to the Trinity. For instance, the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Uh, writes, now there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit, a variety of service, but the same Lord. There are a variety of activities, but the same God who empowers them all and everyone. So you have a reference to the Trinity. And 2 Corinthians 3, 13, 14, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. The Apostle Peter uh, says in 1 Peter 1, 2, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father and the sanctification of the Spirit for obedience to Jesus Christ and for the sprinkling of His blood. So there's a reference by Apostle Paul, and now Apostle Peter to the Trinity, and also Jude wrote about the Trinity in Jude 20 and 21. So in one sense, the doctrine of the Trinity is a mystery that we'll never be able to fully understand, but we can understand something of its truth by summarizing what the Scriptures teach about the Trinity in these three statements. It said, God is three persons. Each person is fully God, there is one God. Those three statements summarize what we know from the Scriptures about the Trinity. Now let's practice our statement together. The Lord Jesus Christ is God in human form and purchased a place in heaven for us, which He offers as a free gift. Let's say it again. The Lord Jesus Christ is God in human form and purchased a place in heaven for us, which He offers as a free gift. Now, the Bible describes the second person of the Trinity as the Word and says the Word was God and the Word became flesh. And as the Apostle John goes on to explain later in his gospel, the Word was Jesus Christ. Therefore, Jesus Christ was God who became flesh. Jesus Christ was God who became a man. Jesus Christ was the God-man. Now, it is difficult for many people to understand the fact that Jesus is actually God in human form, and some people think of Jesus as the Son of God, but don't understand that He is God the Son. Some people understand that He is the Son of God, but have a problem with Him being God the Son. 
through the miracle of the virgin birth, God entered into the world in human form. Now, I'm going to invite you to turn in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 2, because this brings up the next logical question, why would God need to become human? Why would God need to become flesh? Why did Jesus have to become human? And the answer for that is found in Hebrews chapter 2, verses 14 and following. It says, because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, the Son also became flesh and blood, for only as a human being could He die. And only by dying could He break the power of the devil, who had the power of death. Only in this way could He set free all who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. Continuing on, we also know that the Son did not come to help angels. He came to help the descendants of Abraham. Not a a reference to the physical descendants of Abraham, but the spiritual descendants of Abraham. He was the father of faith. Therefore, it was necessary for Him to be made in every respect like us, His brothers and sisters, so that He could be our merciful and faithful high priest before God. Then He could offer a sacrifice that would take away the sins of the people. And we know that sacrifice was He Himself. Since He Himself has gone through suffering and testing, He's able to help us when we are being tested. See, the Scriptures declare that the wages of sin is death, but God cannot die. The only way God could die would be by becoming a man. And therefore, it was necessary for Him to be made in every respect, like us, His brothers and sisters. Let's practice our statement, shall we? The Lord Jesus Christ is God in human form and purchased a place in heaven for us, which He offers as a free gift. Well, Jesus was unique in yet another way, and that is that He lived a perfect life while He was here on earth. And we need to understand the importance of His being without sin, because if it were not for this fact, then God's plan for mankind's redemption could not have been consummated. Let me invite you to turn in your Bibles now to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. And as you're doing so, I'll summarize sort of an introduction to that. Before Adam sinned by yielding to temptation, he did not have a fallen nature. Up until the time of the fall, he had lived a perfect life. However, when Satan came and tempted him and he yielded and disobeyed God, then then he became imperfect and his sinful act corrupted him. And his fallen nature was passed on to the entire human race. And as the result, there is no one righteous, no, not one. Romans 5, we'll pick it up in verse 18. Yes, Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everyone, but Christ's one act of righteousness brings a right relationship with God and new life for everyone. Because one person disobeyed God, speaking of Adam, many became sinners. But because one other person obeyed God, speaking of Christ, many will be made righteous. So the Bible teaches very clearly that Jesus lived a sinless life, and furthermore, that that was absolutely necessary for Him to do in order to be an acceptable sacrifice for the sins of mankind. God's plan for redemption called for a man without a fallen nature to come into this world and live a perfect life by never yielding to temptation and sin, and the Lord Jesus Christ was that man, God in human form. And furthermore, Jesus was unique in another way, and that is that He did not inherit the guilt of Adam through the bloodline. You see, children get their bloodline from their fathers. I was uh, visiting the Yahoo uh, homepage yesterday, and I found an article about a mysterious pregnancy in one of those chimpanzee habitats. Uh, The pregnancy was a mystery because 
supposedly all of the male chimpanzees were neutered. And so when one of the females ends up pregnant, it kind of got everybody's attention. And uh, so anyway, they had to find out who the father was. And, and thanks to the modern marvel of DNA testing, the veterinarians were able to determine who the father was. Conan, of course, the barbarian, right? <clears throat> well, how did they determine that he was the father? Well, it was because of the blood in the baby comes from the father. Consider this. Jesus had no earthly father. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Jesus was only the second man in human history that had experienced a non-fallen nature. The Bible speaks of the first Adam who was created but fell in sin, and through him sin entered into the world. And the Bible speaks of Jesus as being the second Adam and the last Adam who was not created but was born of natural birth. And because God was His Father, Jesus was born without a fallen nature, with pure blood, so that through Him God's righteousness could be restored to the human race by the sacrifice of His blood, the blood of the Lamb. Wow, what a way to end the week here on Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely. Jesus Christ is God in human form, and He is our second Adam, our representative some essential truths that we're learning as we understand and learn how to share Jesus. Interested in the ministry, the church? Please visit us, highlands.us. That's where you'll find us on the World Wide Web, highlands.us. Have a blessed weekend. Until Monday, take care. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.